side, but listen to me. We will take this little time and pray. The Bible speaking about Jesus said, as he prays, as he prays, the fashion of his countenance, as he prayed, kuna sola, sola baka teli, teli komanza sama, hikopante, skepitan, yeto, etokatile, as he prayed, 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 the fashion of his countenance. Tatun kakati ke kopati, kilati masatia, ke chona katenia, seblina, seblina ikona. As he prayed. He prayed. As he prayed. As he prayed. As he prayed. Can you pray with reckless abandon? As he prayed. Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening, people of God. Shalom, evening, church. Please, I believe you are all doing well. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well with my family. God bless you. God bless you and keep all of you strong. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. I want to welcome all of you to this evening session of our prophetic training. And this evening, we are going to touch on the second level of understanding the book of revelation hallelujah amen so may the lord help us and grant us light even to understand his word in the mighty name of the lord jesus amen hallelujah all right so get ready as we even have an experience in the waters of God's word. Amen. You can share the link and invite your friends and loved ones. Share the link, invite your friends and loved ones. The Lord is going to grant us divine light, even in the understanding of his word. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Okay, God bless you, my son Justin. God bless you. The Lord bless you and increase you, even Nadia, in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. God bless you, son. May you walk in the grace and in the anointing of the Lord. God bless you. So, Muhammad, the Lord bless you and increase you. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, let's take a word of prayer quickly um, and launch ourselves into the waters of God's word. Blessed Father, we give you praise and we give you all the glory. Thank you for your goodness and your mercies that you shower them towards us all the time. David said, Blessed be the God who always loadeth me with benefits. We thank you for the mercy that you have shown unto us, even the sure mercies of David. We give you praise. We have come, O Lord, that you help us understand your word. We pray in Jesus' mighty name that the light of heaven will shine upon us, cause the eyes of understanding to be enlightened, that we may behold wondrous works even in your word. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, open our eyes, O Lord. Let us see that which others do not see, so that we will know and conclude that it is only the light of God that can cause the eyes of a man even to behold realms of truth in the name of Jesus. Now we pray, any kind of knowledge we have received in our minds and in our hearts that has captivated our souls and has caused us not to be free, we declare in Jesus' name, as your word cometh, your word is truth. Therefore, let us be free even by the truth of your word in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Because you said, we shall know the truth and the truth will definitely set us free. Any ignorance that has caused us even to be in the bondage of the enemy. We pray that as your light of truth comes, O oh Jesus, set us free from the grip of ignorance in the name of the Lord Jesus. Empower us, O oh Lord, by your word of grace and cause us to dive even into the waters of the good word of God that we shall stand strong and be lifted even through all the ascents of the believer that we can come to the place of glory that your name will forever be glorified in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise. We give God praise. Even the prayer that I've prayed right now is a whole message. Hallelujah. The prayer in itself is a whole message. The Lord will help us and grant us divine grace. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. All right. All right. Um want to thank God for gifting us with another wonderful opportunity even before him. Hallelujah. I believe strongly that he will help us. He will help us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so we started talking about understanding the book of Revelation. And um, we handled a whole lot of things. We are still at the introduction level. But today, by God's grace, we will step a little further, um, even to understand some 
other things hallelujah so get your notebooks your notepads and your pens ready you can't be here at this moment you want to know about the book of revelation and you are only holding your phone huh so go and take your notepad get your notebook and your pen write some things down write some things down hallelujah go and take your bible i mean the physical one not your phone take the physical one circle some things so that at least you can get understanding because christ is a school christ is a school that we learn hallelujah the bible said you have not so learned christ so we can learn christ Hmm? in the book of ephesians chapter 4 verse 20 he said but ye have not so learned christ but ye have not so learned christ i've always told you that christ is the university of god christ is the university of god if you want to understand god and know god and you are trying to do that outside christ you are lost christ is the only university that god is taught that is the only confines in which god can be known that is the reason why without christ you cannot go to the father going to the father does not necessarily mean that you are going to heaven that's not what it means actually hallelujah so christ is like the the school that god has instituted for men to know him so when god we all have read from the scriptures that god dwells in an unapproachable light god is dwelling in a realm nobody can approach but this same god wants his creation to know him so you that you want your creation to know you and you are dwelling in a realm that is unapproachable how then will your creation know you so god purposed in himself to make a way so that his creation will know him so the only way to know god is christ so when jesus says i am the way he's actually speaking of the only way to know god hallelujah and because he's the only way to know god we have to also understand that he also becomes the word of god in the book of john chapter 1 verse 1 the bible said in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and we all know that god's word is the truth so jesus says that i am the way the truth and the life now the bible said this is eternal life that they will know the true god this is eternal life 
this is eternal life in the book of john chapter 17 verse 3 said and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent the only true god the only there are other gods but they are not the true god the only true god is the one that christ shows us about hallelujah so christ has now become the image of the invisible god you can never know god because he's an invisible being without christ so christ has become the image that we, we look upon to know god once you look at christ you are knowing god no wonder he came to tell us that he is one with the father john 10 30 i and my father are one jesus kept speaking of the father all the time and the disciples asked him you are always talking about your father about your father where is he show us and jesus said if you have seen me you have seen the father because i and my father are one mm. till now many people don't understand the trinitarian gospel people don't get the reason why we say jesus is god and in fact that is one of the solidified pillars of faith in christianity hallelujah you need to understand because the muslims will ask you as a christian that where in your bible was it written that jesus said he is god so we should worship him where in the bible was it written that Jesus said, I am God, so worship me. See, they want you to point out a scripture that is there flat. <laughs> Meanwhile, they want, this, they want to point out a scripture that Jesus said, okay, I am God, worship me. No, you are not the one that wrote the Bible. You cannot tell us what, how the words are supposed to be chosen. Because the words of the scripture are chosen by the inspiration of the spirit. So without the inspiration of the spirit, you cannot get the way he meant it to be. Are you getting it? That is the reason why even some believers can read the Bible and it will look like a, a, a storybook to them. You know, when we were growing up in the things of God, I used to love the stories. The once you hit um genesis dimension when um cain and abel then the story started ah and mostly i don't want to read it from the english bible so i'll go and take my mother's p bible so i'll understand it proper and whilst i'm reading it i'm imagining myself in the scene <laughs> hallelujah so you see Little did I know there were dimensional, revelational, mystical secrets in the scriptures. Now, I look at myself way back and I laugh. But you see, 
as I used to be, that is how many people are as I'm talking to you now. The Christians who believed in Jesus for the past 80 years, they still can't get what at all is happening in this universe from the scriptures. They just can't get it. Even some of them are pastors. They just hold the Bible every Friday evening and every Sunday morning and they preach messages that people will shout, Amen! Your testimony is coming. They will shout, Amen! God is going to blow your mind. And some of the message titles will even let you laugh. That's the only thing they know. The only thing. So you see, you begin to dive deep into some dimensions of the scriptures and they get offended. There are still pastors who have been in ministry for 25 years, 30 years. They don't know anything about the end times. In fact, they don't want to go there. So it is difficult for them to preach and give doctrinal understanding of what the whole end time is about. They just don't get it. Because you try to do that, it will look like you are being separated from the rest of the denominations. That's what most of the Bible schools do. I told you that when it comes to the book of Revelation, there are four main diversities of views in the book of Revelation. Four main. Can somebody help us? Can somebody help us? We taught that the other time. The futurists. The preterists. Good. Good. Exactly. Exactly. On point. So we have idealism, we have futurism, we have historism, and we have preterism. Now, the idealism people have a whole lot of, their main focus, they try to chip in a lot of ideas into what the whole book of Revelation is about. Because we understood that the book of Revelation actually is in signs and in symbols. I hope we all got that the other time. Good. Now, because of that, you know, we don't have clearly maybe a certain book that has been written that when you read the Bible and when you read the book of Revelation and you come across the word beast, it means this. When you meet the a word Babylon, it means this. When you meet the word, maybe at the number um, 144,000, it means this. You see, because we don't have anything that clearly defines some of these symbols, a lot of people try to chip in their own ideas. Are you getting it? And that is the portion of the idealism group of people. So these kind of people are the people we normally see anytime something happens in the natural. Maybe a young man 
is looking for quick money and he uses his mother as a sacrifice to get money. The moment the person hears the news, once the person is, the, is part of the idealism group of view in the book of Revelation, they will try and get a certain scripture in the book of Revelation that will link to the situation at hand. Then they will say, we said it. Are you getting it? So at all times, they try to chip in a lot of ideas. And sometimes they can even look at the Western world and bring out some idealistic meaning to the scriptures. Are you following? So these are the idealism group of people. Now, we have the futurism. This is a group of people who believe that all the things written in the book of Revelation, we are waiting for them to manifest in the future. So they have shifted everything into the future. But when they read that, they will get missing at many points. Because you see, we read in the book of Revelation chapter 12, the Bible spoke of a certain wonder that happened in heaven. In fact, it was in the book of Revelation chapter 12 that the Bible spoke about how the serpent was thrown from heaven. Are you following? We did not know anything about that until John explained some of these things. And he spoke to us that it was Michael and his angels that fought with the serpent and his angels and he threw them down now if you are trying to put this kind of scripture in the futurism dimension will it align you see it will make you sound like the devil is yet to be thrown from heaven meanwhile these things happened before even man was formed Hallelujah. So you see, there are many things that the futurists will see that at certain points in the, in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, will never align according to truth. Hallelujah. Now, the historicism group of people also believe that everything written in the book of Revelation is just the history of man. The history of man from creation even to the end. That's what they believe. So they believe everything is just speaking of a certain historical things. From the day man was made to the day that everything will be done away with on this earth. Do you know that at a point, I don't want to say anything, because <laughs> definitely, if you want to teach the book of Revelation, whether you like it or yes, you, you in one way or the other stand at any of these points. Hallelujah. So we have a lot of men of God who are preaching about the book of Revelation and are according to the idealism group. Some of them are according to the futurism group. Some of them are according to the historicism group. 
Now, because of this, they start fighting each other. Because when one sees that this is yet to happen and another one sees that no, it has already happened, you say you are Antichrist. They start fighting. That is why, because of the war and, and all these struggles that have surrounded the book of Revelation, even men of God don't want to handle that. Some of the we have a lot of churches who don't want to even get into the book of Revelation at all, at all, at all. So if they will pick a scripture from that, then it will be a certain scripture that is speaking about people's lives. Especially, Jesus made a statement: Behold, I have opened a door unto you that no man can shut. Then they will use that scripture as a prayer point. The door that Jesus has opened for you, no man can shut it. Then they will link it to another scripture that Paul said, A great and effectual door has been opened unto me, but many are the adversaries thereof. Then they make it a prayer point. <laughs> so the door has opened. Who opened that door? Then they will refer you to the book of Revelation chapter 3. That Jesus said, I have opened the door. So Jesus opened the door, but there are many adversaries. Lift your hands, say, my Lord and my God, any adversary standing against my open door, what are you waiting for? Die! Fire prayer! That's the only thing that we know. <laughs> oh, we pray some. Are you, are you getting it? Don't we pray those kind of prayers here? We do. Yes. But the thing is, we are not void of understanding. We are not people who only pick scriptures from just pieces, pieces, pieces to go and pray with it and leave the understanding that is inside that scripture. Are you getting it? So after praying, we will sit down because every scripture has dimensions of spiritual energy inculcated in it. So after getting the full glare of what God is trying to achieve through the book of Revelation, and now you now understand the whole book of Revelation, oh, okay, so this is what God wants to achieve. You can still get prayer points from some of these verses. And things will work out when you pray with them because they are the word of God. Are you following But we are going to understand something here. The reason why all these people have been divided, divided is just because of some, some, one or two things. And we'll touch on that. Amen. Oh, amen. Great. So apart from the historicism, the next group is the preterism. And I told you that the preterists, they have been divided into two. We have partial preterists and full preterists the full preterists believe that everything in the book of revelation has already been fulfilled and all of these things got fulfilled during the day of the destruction of jerusalem hallelujah now i've taught you this one that in the year a.d 70 a.d 70 Anno Domini. How many of us know that AD? Somebody said after death. It's not after death. You just go and, go and check. 
AD. <laughs> but people say after the MBC, they say before Christ. To before Christ and after death. Some of you, that's what they even taught you in um, religious and moral education. And yes, it is one of the book. I don't know what you pass. Say after death, and the idea, idea, basis, I'm ready. When they say something new, cry, we don't want to believe it. Those are me teachers, and especially me, man. You're more trousered. Now, man, from a humusa. Just all right. God bless you. Let's let's study God's word. Amen. All right, <laughs> so it is the word anno domini, which means in the year of the Lord. In the year of the Lord, anno domini, in the year of the Lord. That's what AD means. Whilst BC is definitely before Christ, amen. So the BC in a day, at least I'm trying. But the aid in it is not after death. It means <laughs> good. So please put that at the back of your mind. We'll be sure our list next time. Uh-huh. Good. We'll learn a lot of things today, so get ready. Hallelujah. In the year of the Lord, the question is which Lord? When you sit down, cry, you just you just ah. so all this just say even the date cry that we are using cry from the beginning till now is around Christ. Even if there is no Christ, people don't even get proper date. You see, without Christ, people don't get date. The whole human race, we don't have any proper date outside Christ. So we date things. With Christ as the pivot, as the center, and still men will not believe in Christ. You see? So, you, as a young apologist or somebody who is into apologetics, why should I believe in Christ? This is one point. Because without Christ, Christ is the center of the calendar of humanity. Then you take the person through all these things before Christ and not dominate, which means in the year of the Lord. They will not get anything to say. So write it. Maybe we'll start apologetics as another teaching. That one day you will pay. I won't, I won't, I won't release. <laughs> the Bible said, buy the truth and sell it. <laughs> Amen. This one, they are making it, you know, Broad for everybody to at least, but when it comes to apologetics, you will pay. <laughs> but the Bible said, "Buy the truth, Mia." Hmm? Don't you buy Christian books? Or when you get to the the 
Methodist bookshop. Almost a sad chill. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. You buy them. Uh, you went to buy books from Joyce Mayer. You bought books from a, a whole lot of you see, servants of God. That one you did not say anything on man sitting in a farm. I'm telling you, you are going to buy. <laughs> All right, that was just by the way. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we have a lot of things to to um to learn. Mm-hmm. And apologetics it is it is only going to be for few people that is why i said uh, you you will buy i'm not the one selling but you are the one buying i don't know if i get it Bible did not say sell the truth he said buy the truth so i'm not selling it but you are buying <laughs> hallelujah Those of you who have been to the Bible colleges before, you paid school fees. Yeah? You paid school fees, so you paid tuition fee, you bought course uh, materials. After everything, even the gown you will wear, you wear it for one hour, 20 minutes, they will take it back. You paid for that one too. giving you a message that will help you that it's okay let me stop talking all right people of god <laughs> it's just a lie i beg movie i see a one all right okay so um We got understanding that the preterism is divided into two. You have the partial and the full. The full people believe that everything written in the book of Revelation has been fulfilled. And all of them got fulfilled before or at the moment where the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed. And I'm telling you that in the year AD 70, AD 70, there was a massive destruction that has never happened in this world before. And the Bible said there, there will be nothing that is bigger, and no destruction will even happen that will be greater than that. That means that's a serious thing. And according to a certain historian by name, Flavius Josephus. This young man was a young boy who was there during the moment when Jerusalem was being destroyed. And it was a serious thing. As at that time, the Roman Empire was ruling over the whole world as the greatest kingdom ruling over the world. And because they were ruling over the world, they set up their own system. They set up their own gods. So you can't be under their power and rulership and not do what they say. So the children of Israel were pushed and they were forced to worship some of the gods of the Roman Empire. And because the Roman Empire were ruling over the whole world, 
they go to countries and they will set up men to rule over those countries. Now, during the time of one of their emperors by name Nero, N-E-R-O, and what all their emperors used to do was that once they mount up and they become kings or emperors in the whole world, what they do is that they will set up their own image. You remember what Nebuchadnezzar did? Nebuchadnezzar too was the king in a kingdom called Babylon. And Babylon too was the kingdom that ruled over the whole world. So Babylon ruled until Medopetia came to overthrow. Then another kingdom came to overthrow Medopetia, which is the Grecian Empire or the Greece. Then the Roman Empire also came. Now, these empires were not small towns. They were kingdoms that ruled over the whole world. The whole world. Hallelujah. So the Roman Empire was ruling over the whole world, which Israel was a country in that world too. Are you getting it? So they were ruling over Israel, but Israel knew the true God. Only Israel knew the true God. So what they used to do was that they would set up the image of the emperor such that everybody that lives in this world, you would definitely bow to that emperor. And mostly they used to do that at places where people would go, especially marketplaces. Definitely you go and buy and sell. So when you are going to the market to buy something, the, the image of the emperor will be erected right in front of you. You have to bow down to that image before you and they will allow you to go and buy and sell. This is what happened in the time of Nebuchadnezzar that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego decided that they will not bow down. And because of that, they were thrown into a burning furnace. So these things have been happening. Anytime a new kingdom comes to rule over the world, that is what happens. But we all have an understanding that God is the king over all. And God wants to establish his kingdom that will rule over the entire world. Hallelujah. And this God that is establishing a kingdom that will rule over the entire world, the only people that know that true God is Israel. And in Israel too, the Roman Empire was ruling over the whole world and they were punishing the Israelites because when they tell the Israelites to worship these images that they have erected, they say no, according to what their forefather Moses brought from the mountain which was the ten commandments god said do not get any other god apart from me so they do not bow down to any god and the moment they say that some of them are killed hallelujah so these things kept happening to a point where one of the emperors who came to rule decided 
and this thing it would lead me to a point this message will lead me i'll talk about christmas um very soon <laughs> hallelujah so a time came a time came a certain emperor that they call constantine slept he was an emperor of the roman empire ruling over the whole world there was a strong battle that they had with another people and he didn't know what to do they were planning he went to sleep and he had a dream and in the dream he saw a certain cross and he, according to him he said when he saw the cross a voice came from the cross and told him that the battle that he's going to fight he will win and when he realized that many many years ago they crucified the god of the israelites who came in flesh on the cross and that the israelites the christians were even using the cross as a means he actually concluded that maybe it is the lord jesus christ the god of the israelites the god of the christians that has revealed himself to him so he decided to allow the christians to have free worship to worship jesus now take note of what i'm about to say but he did that on a purpose hallelujah so what they did was that they started chipping in the roman emperor kind of mystical things and idol worship into the christian church because even though he allowed the christians to worship their god they decided to choose executives and leaders in the church from the roman empire so you enter a church and the one that is the priest does not know anything about jesus he is a roman are you getting it this is how come what we call roman catholic came to be so roman catholic actually is a combination of the mystical secrets and the idol worship from the roman empire mixed with christianity are you following so when you go to the roman catholic one of the things from the roman empire that was actually planted into the christian church is called christmas because we all know what mass is you will never find mass anywhere except the roman catholic church all right that's not my message for today we'll go into that next time so let's go back to the book of revelation <laughs> hallelujah some people's ears are wide open they want to hear things 
<laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Good. We'll talk about this one later. Amen. But let's go into the book of Revelation. So now, we have understood the four main views of Revelation. So, whether you like it or yes, you will definitely fall into one of these. Now, I want to help us with understanding. And I hope we, we all know, I've given you the overview of what all these views speak about the book of revelation are you following so you all know what the um idealists speak about the book of revelation you all know what the futurists say about the book of revelation you all know what the historists say about the book of revelation and you all know what the preterists say about the book of revelation so among the preterists we have the fool who believe that everything that is written in the book of revelation was fulfilled the day that destruction happened hallelujah because the roman empire destroyed jerusalem and the temple it was later 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 that the constantine had the dream and he decided to mingle the roman the Roman system with the church. But at first, they rejected them. In fact, they fought and destroyed Jerusalem because they were worshipping their true God. Even though, as at that time, what happened was that God had left and God was in men. I don't want to get you confused, but let me say something for you to understand. Amen. How many of us remember that the very day Jesus died, the Bible said there was a certain curtain that was separating the holy place from the most holy place. The day Jesus died, that curtain got torn from top to down. What does he mean? That place, that was, that is the most holy place, nobody had ever seen that place except the high priest. He even sees that place once in a year. And that was the place where God was. That means it was only the high priest that could come before God. And that one even used to happen once in every year. When he goes there to plead for the covering of the sins of the people with the blood of the Lamb. And when he enters, that place is dark. There is no light. Nothing of where down the sun, nothing like sun shines there. The place is very dark. So when the high priest enters into the most holy place, he cannot really see anything. What happens is that he's going with a bowl of the blood of the lamb. That blood is actually the blood of the lamb that symbolizes what God would take in order to pacify himself so that he will cover the sins of the people for one year and in the following year they will come back and sacrifice again so when the high priest enters into the most holy place with that bowl of blood he stands in front of the ark of the covenant and when he stands in front of the ark of the covenant there is a place you see the two cherubim the cherubim that are on the ark of the covenant 
they are all looking down they are not looking upwards and the place where they are looking at which is the the top of the ark of the covenant is called the mercy seat so when the high priest enters into the most holy place he will sprinkle some of the blood on the mercy seat and when he stands there and he recites some words what happens is that there will be vibrations in the mercy seat based on the blood that has been dropped on it and all of a sudden a certain light will appear on top of the cherubim that light is what will light up the most holy place for him to know that the presence of god has come and that light that comes is called the shekinah glory of god if that light does not appear the high priest will be in the most holy place and he will be in darkness and the moment that light appears it means god has accepted the sacrifice and then the high priest will come out the moment they see that the high priest has come out joy all over because they know that their sins have been forgiven hallelujah all right kindly give me a second i'll be back shortly
Can you all hear me, please? Great, great, great. So, when Jesus came to the earth and he came through Israel, and we all know the whole story of the birth of Jesus Christ and everything, and um, he came for a purpose. And he was the lamb that was actually um, whose blood would forgive our sins. So when he came and he died, he told people, just believe in me and all your sins are forgiven. But some of the Israelites did not believe. They were still stuck. They were still stuck to the old system of worship. Some of them was there a time the high priest never came out. Yes, it happened sometime. That is the reason why whenever the high priest, so when you look at the the garment of the high priest, the tip of it, which we always call the hem. Hmm? Remember the woman, exactly, the woman who had the issue of blood. So I remember a man of God said, the woman with the blood of issue. <laughs> a woman with the blood of issue for 12 years. So for your bro. Yeah, now you know, so say. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> so, when you look at the garment of the high priest at the hem, which is the tip of it, we had what we call pomegranate. It is actually a type of um, plant that um, we have put there. It's, yes, it's a fruit. And we also have a bell. So it was actually a pomegranate fruit, a bell, a pomegranate fruit, a bell that have actually, you know, been woven into um, the tip of the garment. So whenever the high priest is walking, you'll be hearing the sound of the bell, crying, crying, crying. So when he enters into the most holy place, definitely the people that are in the outer court will hear the sound. That proves that he's alive. When they don't hear the sound, anymore it means something has happened to the high priest in that moment they all will put on sackcloth and they will put ash in their head and cry unto god maybe god will give them another high priest to go and fulfill that assignment else they are deaded you can't go in there to bring him out and sometimes they have this, what they do is that there is a certain chain that they will put around his ankle, very long, that will appear in the outer court. So when they don't hear that sound, they will drag him by that chain or rope. But the very day Jesus died on the cross, the Bible said, the veil that was separating the holy place from the most holy place got torn and it opened. 
Now, people that did not even know what was inside the most holy place, all of a sudden, those that were even passing outside could look straight into the most holy place and say, okay, so this was there. And the very day that happened, God left the place. God was no longer in that temple again. He left that place because that was the Shekinah glory of God. He left the place and entered into the man who had believed in the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But still, the people did not understand. They, they rebuilt a new veil and they continued with the worship. And I told you, when God is standing at Kaswa and he moves to Weja, and he says, from today, even though I was at Kaswa, but Weja is going to be my place. If you go to Kaswa thinking that God is there, it is a dangerous thing you are trying to do. Hallelujah. You see, that is what many people do now. Because a lot of people, exactly that is idolatry. When God is standing at a place and he lives there, if care is not taken, when you try to go there, you will meet a spirit that will make himself like God to you. That is the reason why we have certain people like Ajagraja and all those kind of people who still kill goats and cows. You see, thinking that we do that you know, as an offering to God and this and that and that, even when Jesus was the only lamb that pleased the Father. This thing became a serious thing because some of the disciples um, who believed in Jesus, their mission was actually to only the, to the Israelites to preach to them so that they will leave that system of worship, killing goats and this because Jesus has already died and his blood has cleansed everybody. Just believe. They couldn't just take that. They started even fighting with the disciples saying that they are throwing away the system that their forefathers gave to them. It is why the disciples... So, are you following? And because of that, God hardened the hearts of the Roman Empire and they came to destroy those that had not believed in Jesus. But before that happened, Jesus told the disciples, it will happen. This Jerusalem that you are, and the temple, this beautiful thing that people always keep sacrificing bulls and this. I told you I am the lamb. Believe in me, that is all. But because the people have decided not to obey me, and they are still going on with their, their killings, they are sacrificing it to another God, but they do not know. So this is what will happen. This Jerusalem, this temple you are seeing, that was built by Solomon. And according to Jewish history, that temple, when you try to bring it into our normal um, understanding, the amount of money that was used to build that temple can be quantified into an amount of $88.9 million. $88.9 million was used to build that temple way back even now 88.9 million dollars is no small money even now that we have gone far in age and in life 
Hallelujah. And Jesus told them that, that it will be destroyed. They said, what are you talking about? And Jesus said, a new and better temple has come. And that is me. Believe in me and I will even make you, your body, a temple. But because the people were still fighting against the disciples, Jesus said, fine. The Roman Empire will come and destroy this temple and destroy everybody in Jerusalem. But you, my disciples who have believed in me, I'm giving you the key. When you hear that this and this and that and that and that are happening, know that the time of destruction is near. So if you are in this place, move and flee to, to Judea. Because that will be the place where you can be safe. This thing was not made known to the people in Jerusalem, but only made known to those that had believed in Jesus. So, when the time came, they believed. They, they got the signs and the symbols, and they ran away. This is what Jesus was telling them in the book of Matthew 24. Hallelujah. So in the book of Matthew 23, Jesus was just looking at the temple and was giving woes. He looked at the people and said, Woe unto you, people of Jerusalem. Woe unto you, Pharisees. Woe unto you, Sadducees. Woe unto you, you people. You have not believed this. See? So Jesus was, and the, the pride of the people was the temple. Because there was no temple like that. So glorious, gold-plated. Such that people even came away from many places even to worship. As at the time Jesus even died and ascended to heaven, still people were going to that temple to worship. You remember the story of the Ethiopian eunuch who met Philip. He drove all the way from Ethiopia to Israel, going to Jerusalem to go and worship. Meanwhile, Jesus had died. And do you know what God, Jesus said? When Jesus met the woman of Samaria at, the, at Jacob's well, in the book of John chapter 4, verse 23 downwards, he said, after Jesus spoke of many things about the woman to her, the woman was shocked. And he said, ah, sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. But we don't have any link with you. Because I think this thing is taking me to history. And let me break things down. Amen. After the reign of King Solomon, you know, the first king that ruled over the nation of Israel was King Saul. Before that time, God was the king over them. He had just set judges and some elders. But the people said they needed a man to be a king over them. So God said, fine. And God gave them Saul. Saul misbehaved. After the reign of Saul, David came. After the reign of David, Solomon came. It was after the reign of Solomon that trouble started in Israel. After the reign of Solomon, the whole Israel divided into two. We all know that Israel was made up of 12 tribes, but it was divided into two. So 10 of the tribes were at the northern sector. 
and the rest the two were at the southern sector and the ten tribes that were at the northern sector their capital city was Samaria and the two that were at the southern sector the Benjamites and those that are from Judah the capital was Jerusalem now all the kings that ruled in the northern sector were evil people it was through that that even Ahab who was the husband of Jezebel also came to rule over Israel how possible And what they did was that they looked at the way Jerusalem was and they started setting up their own high places, doing their own things. And they started worshipping idols. So idol worship started with the ten northern tribes. Are you following? So Jesus, who was from Judah, you know, we all know that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We all know that jesus from judah so there was no link between the samaritans and those that are from the southern sector of let me say jerusalem because the those in jerusalem believe that jerusalem is actually the place god has chosen to be the place that will have the temple that everybody should come and worship but as for samaria which is the capital city capital city of the ten tribes to them they have set their own high places there was no the true god was not manifesting there so there was an enmity between the northern um, kingdom and the southern kingdom and i've said the two main um the capital city of the northern kingdom was samaria and the capital city of the southern kingdom was jerusalem so jesus moved from jerusalem and he met a samaritan woman at jacob's well and when they met the woman got angry and said you you are from jerusalem what is your link with us you are saying that god is even coming to dwell in the temple over there and that is where true worship will go on jesus now made a statement he said here a time is coming and even now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father not in the temple of jerusalem but in spirit and in truth so right now it doesn't matter whether there is a temple in jerusalem or not you your temple your body is going to be made the temple so that you can worship god in your spirit are, are you getting it that is because jesus knew that the temple definitely would be destroyed because God knows that he's going to make our bodies his temple. God bless you, son. Hallelujah. Good. Now, so that means that the, 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 the temple that was in Jerusalem was definitely going to be destroyed because the jesus is coming to dwell in us in the form of christ so that this our bodies will be turned to his body and his temple 
and still the people could not believe. That is why the Roman Empire were moved with hardened hearts and they came to destroy Jerusalem and the temple. But Jesus gave the clue and he gave the disciples that were following him signs that when they see, they should run. So there was a massive destruction in Jerusalem. Over 2 million people died one night. And according to Flavius Josephus, you could not enter into Jerusalem and see bare ground. Every place on the floor was filled with blood. Red everywhere. That is why the Bible says there is no destruction, no massive massacre that can be greater than this one. Now, preterism believed that that destruction was the greatest judgment ever. Are you getting it? Because anytime God wants to go and judge a nation, he will say, I am coming in the clouds. So that word, coming in the clouds, is an idiomatic expression, which means I'm coming to judge. Now, when we read the book of Revelation, there were moments where the Bible spoke of the coming of the clouds. And they believe it is actually connecting to the AD 70 destruction of Jerusalem and the temple system. That's what preterism does. But the partial preterists believe that some of the things have been fulfilled in the destruction of Jerusalem, but some are yet to be fulfilled. So those are the partial preterists. But the full preterists believe that everything has been fulfilled. Are you following? Good. Now let's go into the book of Revelation. Let's start with the introduction. So you can basically, um, let me say, break the whole book of Revelation into nine major components. You can basically break the whole book of Revelation into nine major components. The first one is introduction, which I spoke a little about in um, our previous discussion, but I'll say something about that too. Good. Introduction. The second point is the vision, the first vision that John had. Or let you write vision one. So number one is introduction. Number two, vision one, which is the vision of the seven churches. Please not vision one FM. So don't add FM to it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good. So the third vision that John, the revelator, saw. Vision one, and that's what New Living, Trans new Living Translation is my new friend, though. That's why he's new. Very good. The seven churches. Then you come to number three, which is vision two. And the vision two is the vision of the seven seals. Seals. S-E-A-L-S. -E the seven seals. Number four, 
is vision 3. Vision 3 speaks of the seven trumpets. The seven trumpets. Number five is the vision four that John had. And it is the vision of the followers of the lamb or the beast. The followers of the lamb or the beast. Number five. Number six, right? I think it's number six. Good. Number six is the vision five. Here people are writing this. Hey. Number six is the vision five. That John had, and it is speaking of the seven bowls of wrath or the seven vials of wrath, wrath, W R A T H, before the seven vials or the seven bowls of wrath. Good. Number seven is the sixth vision or vision six of John. And it speaks of Babylon the Harlot. Babylon the Harlot. Babylon the Harlot. Harlot. H A R L O T. Harlot. Not Charlotte. Good. Good. Number eight is the seventh vision that, that John had. And that seventh vision is about the millennium. The millennium. The new heavens and the new earth. The millennium, the new heavens, and the new earth. The millennium, the new heaven, and the new earth. And the last one, number nine, speaks of the epilogue. Or let me see the finishing statement. Very, very important. Just as the introduction also is. Nice one. Nice one. Okay, so now we are going to take each of these points and explain one by one one by one one we have a long way to go hallelujah so um make sure you you join us amen good let me touch on the introduction let me touch on the introduction so open your bible to the book of revelation chapter one the book of revelation of jesus christ chapter one 
we understood that even the name of the of the book gives an overview of what god wants to do the name of the book is the book of the revelation of jesus christ and we understood what revelation actually meant and we said revelation means to uncover to unveil something that means if we are unveiling jesus christ then it means in one way or the other jesus was veiled hallelujah so how was jesus veiled and how are we going to unveil him so when you read the whole book of revelation what you are actually trying to see, what you will see is actually an unveiling of who jesus actually is it means that it is actually in this book that you really understand jesus now this should actually click something in your mind so jesus look at when you read the book of luke it explains how he was born and how like all those kind of things luke even made mention of how john the baptist was even born before jesus and when john the baptist was six months old in them there's a whole lot but still that was not a revelation of jesus hmm. hallelujah so the birth of jesus christ his earthly assignment and even his death when you read all those dimensions you get certain glimpses of who jesus is but the book of revelation is actually a revealing of jesus and you need to take note of that so you should not be afraid when you are reading the book there is a reason why you are afraid and i will help you know that so that um, god will grant us the grace and take away fear hallelujah good so we are about to reveal christ we are about to reveal jesus christ we are dying christ to eddie amen so um, let's take time and understand who jesus christ is as um, god is about to reveal him to us even in the book of revelation now let's start with the book of revelation Can you all hear me, please? Can you all hear me? Great. So, Revelation chapter 1. Let's read. The Bible said, now take note of this. 
the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Are you following? Can you hear me, please? Can you hear me? Great, great. So now listen. He said, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servant things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servants, his servant John. Hallelujah. Bring other versions and let's read something. Okay, there is New Living Translation. He said, This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servant the event that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John. Okay, let's read other versions. This is amplified. He said, This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, his unveiling of the divine mysteries, which God the Father gave to him to show to his born servants, believers, the things which must soon take place in their entirety. And he sent and communicated it by his angel, divine messenger. To his born servant john jesus christ i think today they are falling in love with amplified he has made the thing so simple now listen to the thing carefully even this one just the verse one we can we can spend like one week here <laughs> but not to confuse you take note he said, 
this is the revelation of jesus christ this is the unveiling of the divine mysteries of christ which god the father gave to him so the thing is the father gave the unveiling to the son are you getting it so i am the father i know my son and i said son this is your revelation i'm giving it to you now the people that believe in you go and reveal it to them he said so the father gave to him to show his bond servants the believers the things which must soon take place in their entirety now so when the father gave the revelation of jesus to him to show the believers the bible said jesus also sent and he revealed these things to the believers he actually revealed it to john his servant by his angel are you following take note of the words here he didn't say by an angel he said by his angel the revelation of jesus christ which god gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place he made it known by sending his angel to his servant john so there is the angel of jesus christ that is giving us that gave actually to john the revelation i don't know if you're getting the point Take your time and get this. <laughs> now, the Father, if you can check this, you can actually see that the whole Godhead is manifesting just in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The Godhead. So the Father knows the unveiling of Christ because the Father is the one that wants to be known. And the knowing of the Father is in Christ. Without Christ, the Father cannot be known. So Christ is the body of knowledge of the Father. Are you getting it? Now, that body of knowledge was concealed. And now the Father wants to unveil it to the believers. But he's unveiling it in certain dimensions. There are certain things that were about to happen. That is part of the Christ that the Father wants to unveil. Are you following now he wants to reveal exactly son he wants to reveal that christ to the believers so the father gave the revelation to jesus and so what you are holding is you dimensions of you that are yet to be made manifest so now go and reveal it to the believers and the bible said when jesus received that revelation he sent his angel, Jesus' angel, to John, so that his angel will reveal that to John. Not the angels, but his angel. And I've already told you this: that when we say angel, the Bible made mention of it in the book in the, in the Amplified Bible, divine messenger. <laughs> 
divine messenger. I told you, the word angel is the word messenger. Hmm? When the father wanted to be known in love, wanted to show the world that he loved, he loved the world, he sent his son. So the son that came was sent by the father. So he, he actually was the messenger of the father. Now, when the son was also about to be revealed, he also sent a messenger. And the word messenger is angel. So you can simply say that Jesus is the angel of the father. And the angel of Jesus is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amazing. Are you following? We all know what John said about the Holy Ghost when Jesus was about to go to the Father. He said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send you a comforter. And he even said something, when this comforter comes, he will not say anything of himself. And everything that he knows about me is what he will reveal to you. So the main assignment of the Holy Ghost is to reveal Christ. And that is what the book of Revelation is all about. So the angel of Jesus is the Holy Ghost. He is also known as the angel of his presence. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 63, verse 9 and 10. Isaiah chapter 63, verse 9 and 10. Because if you have any version here, good. Let's read from the New Living Translation. He said, In all their suffering, he also suffered. And he personally rescued them. Okay. You can put the amplified, the New King James here too. The Bible said, Good. Now let's take it from the amplified. Listen to it. He said, In all their distress, he was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love. He's speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ here. So the suffering, the distress of the church is also the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following? You remember when Paul was persecuting the church and he met Jesus on the way to Damascus. Jesus did not say, why are you persecuting the church? He said, Saul of Tarsus, why persecuted thou me? So why are you persecuting me? Because the church was in union with the Lord Jesus Christ. The church is the bride of Jesus Christ. He is the head and we are the rest of the body. So in our distress, he too will be distressed. Hallelujah. Oh, the, the prophets of old new things. In fact, the, the Holy Ghost came upon them to speak. Everything they wrote was inspired by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost would come upon them. They were captured into realms of glory. Hallelujah. Are you following? 
So now, Now you, when you read from verse 9 to 10, listen to what he says. He said, in all their distress, he was distressed. He's speaking of Jesus. And the angel of his presence, that is the Holy Ghost, in his love and in his compassion, he redeemed them. And he lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Now listen, he said, by they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he changed into their enemy and he fought against them. This one will let you understand why Jesus made a certain statement. He said, you can even sin against the Father, fine. Even me, you can insult me, uh, trample on me, do whatever. We will forgive you. But the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you misbehave small, you will become an enemy. Once you rebel against him, that's what the Bible is saying now. Not just an enemy, Keku, he will fight you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You are far away from the fight of the Holy Ghost. He will not fight with you. Can you all hear me, please? Good. Good. So now, the Bible said, this revelation that Jesus, Jesus revealed the revelation To John by his angel. By his angel. And we all know his angel is his messenger, that is the Holy Ghost. So all that John saw was actually a revelation of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Are you following? Good. Now let's continue. He said, Who? And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant. So when the Holy Ghost was revealing the Jesus Christ and the thing that was supposed to happen in Christ in a short time, he revealed it in signs and in symbols. That's what the Bible means by signified. So the things that John was actually seeing, they were not flat or literal like that. They were symbols. So when the Bible makes mention of beast, that's not mean a certain animal that the snake tongue will come and will be devouring people. No, 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 no. It is a sign. It is a symbol. It has a meaning. The, the problem with many believers is that they take the thing so literal as it is. And that's why they keep suffering. Meanwhile, 
the thing is in symbols you see especially when it comes to 666 because 666 is part of the book of revelation of jesus christ many people take it so literal making it look like they do write 666 on your forehead look at you I wish I can ask a certain question. These are numerals that we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. When did it start? Who started our numerals? Hmm? Do you know that Roman numerals are quite different from what we have now? When we were in school and they said Roman numerals, I, 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 V, 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 I, that is what Roman numerals is all about. It is very different from our 1, 2, 3, 4. So where did our 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 come from? The one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that we have, is it Hebrew? It is not Hebrew, but John the Revelator caught the vision. He wrote it in Hebrew and he sent it to the people. So, how did you know that what he has written, 666, is actually 666? I don't know if somebody's getting the question I'm, I'm, I'm asking right now. <laughs> oh, is, is somebody catching something? Can you all hear me, please? Good. Is somebody catching the, the question I'm asking? Good. We'll come back to that side later. Hallelujah. So you see, even the Bible said, let him that have, he said this one, I don't want to be jumping, but at least I need to say some few things to um, bring understanding to us. Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. The Bible said, Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. Good. This is the Amplified said, Here is wisdom. Let the person who has enough insight 
calculate the number of the beast. Now, the first question is, who is the beast? The Bible has made mention of a beast. What is beast? If you don't read from the previous dimensions and if you don't get biblical and apocalyptic languages, you find yourself wanting. You try to chip in. If case not taken, you become an idealist right now. You remember that in the times of old, there was a certain car that George Bush was using. It was called the Beast. And because of that, they said George Bush is the Antichrist. Now, the man left and the next president, I think, who, who was that? Was it Obama? Obama came, he used the same car. Now they switched and they said Obama is now the Antichrist. He left. Donald Trump came. He's used, he was using the same car. They said Donald Trump is the Antichrist. When he left, and Joe Biden also came, he's also using the same beast car. He said he's Antichrist. That is the idealist kind of people. You see what they do? They look at what is happening and they try to chip it into the scriptures. So now the beast that the Bible is talking about is, is a car. Ah, a car. And the American people too, ah, they will always confuse you. They will never change the name of the car. The beast. <laughs> and you will be fighting with your Bibles. Ah. Hallelujah. I remember many years ago, I wanted to travel to the US and I went to tell my family about it. One of my sisters, who is married to an SDA evangelist, said, Hey, hey, Seth, don't go. That country, the Bible said that is where the end time will start from. That country, don't go. That they will put a certain chip in your hand, and that chip that they will put in your hand is what they will discuss. Six, six, six. I said, sister, 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 sister. If God tells me to go, forget your your long story. But in fact, the Lord told me I shouldn't go, so I stopped. If God has stopped you from going, God has said, Hey, who will be there? I will go. When I go, I will go. <laughs> Hallelujah. We were there last, last two years when a door opened for her husband in Canada. He called me, said, Pray for us. So say, Hey, Canada is close to you as well. When the CCC starts from US, it will get to Canada soon. Because even Canada is called North America. Hey, be careful. <laughs> you see, when you don't have understanding about you see what people have done because of ignorance, eh? you will be shocked. I'm telling you, you'll be shocked. Now, the Bible said, with this one, you need wisdom. He said, here is wisdom. Let the person who has enough insight calculate the number of the beast. 
Now, he didn't say mention the number of the beast or write it. He said what? Calculate. For it is the imperfect number of a man. And his number is 666. He said calculate. Okay, now, you have written 666 here. When I say calculate 666, what will you do? This is the number of the beast. The Bible says you would need wisdom and enough insight to calculate it. So now if I tell you, calculate 666, you'll be like, ah, are you mad? How, how can I calculate a number? Is that not what you will say? Maybe your math teacher has just entered the class. He has written 15. He said, calculate 15. But ah, say, what is it? What should we calculate? Where is the operation sign? Whether it is minus or plus and maybe another number we are going to add or divide or something. You can't just write 15 and say calculate. That is a sign that there is lack of wisdom in there. Because you cannot do this thing with your physical understanding and your natural understanding. You would need divine insight and wisdom in order to calculate that number. So we don't write 666. We don't mention it. We calculate it. And we calculate it with enough understanding and insight and wisdom. So anybody who just says that eh, when you meet anybody, the time will come to write 666 on the phone, it means you have thrown away wisdom and insight. And they want to use literal meaning. That is that's dangerous. That's what many people are doing, especially the SDA people. I want to help us. <laughs> Amen. Some of you want to sit in the car. Oh, yeah, you're late for interview. Because you saw the car and the, the number plate is 666. Mm, 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 Jesus, Jesus, save me. You did not bought the car. You waited for 10 minutes. You bought another car. When you got it, they said, oh, sorry, um, you, you, you have come late and we can't offer you that job. The same person will even come back and share testimony. Today, God has helped me. I nearly entered into the devil's bus, Jesus Christ. It was God that, even though I lost the job, but I know that if I had gotten that job, it would have led me into 666. And I thank God for ignorance. Ignorance. So the 666 we have seen written in the Bible as flat as we can see now, it is written in a symbol, just as the angel is revealing to John. Are you getting it? So the thing has been signified. That is why he said you would need wisdom and deeper insight to calculate. Are you, are you getting it? So take note that the language of the book of Revelation is apocalyptic. When we say apocalyptic, we are speaking of Things that has to do with prophetic. Hmm? Things that has to do with visionary experiences. And we need to come to a place where they must be unveiled. So that we can actually get the true meaning of these things. Hallelujah. 
good. Then the next thing. So we are still in the book of Revelation chapter 1. He said, verse 2, who testified about this message from God and the testimony about Jesus, the Messiah. So the angel actually testified. So now the Bible is speaking of the angel that is just revealing the thing to John, which we have all understood that who is that angel? The Holy Spirit. So you see, the Bible says now the Holy Spirit, he testified and gave supporting evidence to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to everything that he saw in his vision. Hallelujah. Now, verse 3, the Bible said, How blessed is the one who reads aloud and those who hear the words of this prophecy and obey what is written in it, for the time is near. So, at this side, we all understand what is what is going on. Now, verse 4, the Bible said, From John to the seven churches in Asia, may grace and peace be yours from the one who is, who was, and who is coming, from the seven spirits who are in front of his throne. If I want to talk about the seven spirits, you might not understand what it will take. It will take more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we'll just understand all these dimensions um, bit by bit. Hallelujah. So all these are actually the introduction um, that John is giving to us. Verse 5, he said, And from Jesus, the Messiah, the witness, the faithful one, the firstborn from the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever. Verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Did you, did you hear that? Verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. I, I told you that when any time the Bible makes mention of that God is coming with clouds, what does he mean? He's coming to judge. So now when the Bible spoke of he coming with clouds, the Bible says something. He said, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. So be it. Amen. Now let's take note of something here. 
Jesus is coming with the clouds. That means he's about to judge. Now the word of the Lord is saying that every eye will see him. And even those who pierced him. Ah. Where are those who pierced Jesus? Those who pierced his side. Where are they? They are dead and gone. So do you know that the preterists, those who believe that all these things have already happened, they believe that Jesus has already come to judge. Because if the Bible said all those who pierced him will see him with their eyes, and they are dead, how come they did not see him? Are you getting it? So they believe that Jesus has come, and all eyes have seen him. But you see, Jesus are you listening to me carefully? Good. How was he going to come? He was coming with the clouds. And what does he mean that he's coming with the clouds? He's coming to judge. So does he mean that what the preterists are saying is true? Now take note. The preterists link this to the destruction of Jerusalem. Are you following? They link this to the destruction of Jerusalem. And during that time, the people that pierced Jesus were there. And the destruction of Jerusalem was actually the judgment that Jesus was bringing to those people. I don't know if you are getting my point. (laughs) So if he's coming with the clouds, means he's coming to judge. And all those that will pierce him, who pierced him will see him. Does it mean it has happened? Can you hear me? So does it mean that it has happened? Mm-mm-mm. If you believe that, do you know that right now one of your legs is in preterism? I hope you have you believe that one. <laughs> I told you, by the time we are getting today, you will know where you you are. (laughs) Do you know that the futurist also will say no? Because the people that pierce Jesus are dead. By the time will come, Jesus will line all of us up. And they will resurrect and they will see the Jesus they pierced. And they will be judged. That is what the futurist also say. What do you say about that one too?
Okay. So I said that's the other possibility. So right now, which is which? Amen. You can't skip these things, though. You need to sit down and have understanding before we move to the next verse. <laughs> because we are picking everything verse by verse by verse by verse. So now, take note. Take note that all these things that are happening, these things that John is writing now, it is not part of the visions that he started seeing. I hope you know. It is still part of the introduction. I hope you know that. I don't even get in it. So that is the introduction. Visions have not yet started. The vision started with the vision of the seven churches. When Jesus revealed himself and started with, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And he started saying things. So all these parts are not visions. So the thing is, the visions were the parts that were signified. Are you following it is like I'm about to tell you a dream I had. Then I, I started writing. So this dream, I had this dream on Thursday evening. And um, it was around 5.28 um, p.m. there. And um, this, this, as at that time, um, this happened, this happened. I've not started the dream. But I'm showing you things. So that is introduction. Uh, after that I said, so in the dream, I saw that I was walking on a certain path. That moment I've started the dream. So we have switched from introduction to a certain spiritual dimension. That is when you can now interpret. Are you getting it? So does that mean that those who pierce Jesus, that John is speaking about, is a literal thing or what? Yay. You see, you see the way we are, we are, we are diving into some dimensions. <laughs> now, relax. Where we are getting to it, it is getting interesting. So relax. If what John said that Jesus will appear. With the clouds, that means he's coming to judge. And even those who pierced him will see him. Then listen. That moment of judgment that the people who pierced Jesus were present was actually the time of the destruction of Jerusalem. Are you listening to me? And which was in the period of AD what? This will be better. Yeah. AD 
AD 70. Now listen. AD 70. If John is telling us that what he's, he's about to see is talking about Jesus who will appear and all the people that even the people that pierced him will see him then he's actually speaking of something that is yet to happen are you getting it good and if it is yet to happen and that is linked to the ad 70 destruction then it means the book was actually written before ad 70. i don't know if you're getting the picture now <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Today we'll get a lot of preterist people here. <laughs> then it means the book was because if the distraction has already occurred and John is writing the book, what is it for? Where are the people that pierced him? So when you look at if you like go to Google and, and search, when was the book of Revelation written? Some of you are going to get AD 96, AD 94. And in AD 96, the destruction of Jerusalem had already happened way back. And even the people that pierced Jesus. Okay, good. He said, Sammy said, but Papa, did he appear in the clouds in AD 70? Did their eyes see him? I mean, those who pierced him. Now, you see, that's why I said that coming with the clouds is a simple term which means judgment. Are you getting it? And the scene of the people actually means they are going to experience the judgment. It is like this. The Bible said, Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. You are born again. Have you seen the kingdom with your eyes? That okay, ah, there's the there's the kingdom. I can see it now. Have you seen it like that? That's not a physical scene he's talking about here. It is an experience of the kingdom. Whilst the Holy Ghost is in you, you are in the kingdom of God. So that's what he's trying to say. <laughs> Woo. People are cracking their brains today. Akulama ikus atayas. So now the, the next question is when was this book written? Hmm? <laughs> when was this book written? Bah. Okay, fine. Let's take some time and um go through things. The Lord will help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alpha said, because John was... Oh, John was definitely. Jesus died around AD 3. I think AD 3 or so. That was when he died. So as at that time, all the apostles had become 
you following? Even so, you see, it could even be that the people that pierced Jesus were even dead. What about that? Exactly, you see, Sammy. Sammy said, But Papa, some said Revelation was written in AD. Good, those who say Revelation was written in AD 64, they are the preterists, they link everything to the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. That is what that is the preterist view. So to them, God showed John this one so that he would tell the people to be careful of the judgment that is coming. According to them, the greatest judgment was the judgment that Jerusalem experienced. Exactly. Because the, Jerusalem was destroyed in AD 70. That means if the book was written in AD 64, then it was six years to the destruction. Are you getting it? Now you see, Daniel, Daniel also saw visions. But the visions that Daniel had, the angel that revealed the thing to Daniel told Daniel something. He says, seal the book for it is not yet. So the angel told Daniel that he should seal the book because what is written in the book is not yet to be to be revealed now because it were three. Are you getting it? But when the Holy Ghost or the angel of Jesus was revealing the thing to John, he told John not to seal the book. He said, "Make don't seal it." Are you following? I want to get you a certain scripture. So why is it that as for Daniel, he was told to seal the book, but John, he was not told. The preterists believe that John was not told to seal the book because the things that were written in it were to manifest shortly, even when, you know, he said in Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him to show his servants, which was signified unto John by his angel concerning the things which will shortly happen hereafter. So they believed that the thing was written in AD 64, and from AD 64 to AD 70, when the judgment will come, it is actually six years. So at least if you cover that book. Many people will be destroyed, but don't seal it. Let people know, let people hear of it so that they will repent and move away. It is possible, but you need to actually first look at the word shortly before you can conclude. Are you getting it? So that shortly can actually mean 
It depends on what the Lord is trying to reveal. Are you are you following? So it can mean something that is very short in the natural. It can also mean something that is it is based on that is the reason why a lot of people get themselves confused. Amen. But let's take our time. Let's relax. I know some people are cracking their brains right now. Relax. You understand a lot of things. Amen. <laughs> some of you, somebody wants to ask, so daddy, you, which part do you belong to? Relax. We are all getting understanding. You don't need to know which part I'm <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you see, If you go into the side of the full preteris, you your mind will even your mind will get broken just like that. <laughs> are, you, are you getting because the, the preter the full preteris believe that judgment has already occurred? That judgment has already occurred, and that judgment was what happened in AD 70. That's a very dangerous thing to say. Are you getting it? That's very dangerous because what then happens to we all shall stand before the bima seat of Christ? What then happens to that? And who are the we all? Are you following? So you need to kind of sit down, begin to break a lot of things into structural understanding according to um, the apocalyptic languages so that you will now know when the bible says this what does it mean and let me tell you this we don't keep in any idea from anywhere because these things that john saw that is making mention of it is much in line with what ezekiel the prophet also saw hallelujah so most of the things that Ezekiel saw and wrote, John also saw similar things. Because it's in the book of Ezekiel that you hear of the four living creatures. You hear the same in the book of Revelation. You get it? So now, there are many things that Ezekiel wrote down. Ezekiel saw the, the vision of the throne. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 1. Then John also saw the vision of the throne. He was lifted to the throne of God. In the book of Revelation chapter 4. You see, there was a book that was opened in the realms of the heavens. In the book of Revelation chapter 5 that John saw. Ezekiel chapter 2 and chapter 3. Ezekiel also saw the same book. There were plagues, the four plagues that came. Revelation chapter 6 verse 1. John saw something like that. And Ezekiel also saw something like that in Ezekiel chapter 5. Are you following? You see, 
Ezekiel saw a lot of things that John also saw. If we go, it will, go on and it will just be plenty of them. In fact, Ezekiel saw the river of life. John saw it. So there are many hand in hand, um, you know, movements in the visions that Ezekiel saw and the visions that John the Revelator also saw. Hallelujah. Good. Now, from verse 8. So when we speak of those that pierced him, even when Jesus wants to judge in the future, nobody can actually run away from the judgment of Jesus. I hope you all know that. Good. Including those who pierced him. Are you following? So at a certain point, you can say this happened. But at a certain point, you can also say it is a future kind of judgment. In one way or the other, both of them can be true. Are you following? Good. Now he said, from verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, declares the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is coming, the Almighty. So this is just the introduction. Now Jesus is speaking of himself. He said he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is existing forever and who was continually existing in the past and who is to come the almighty the omnipotent the ruler of all my god now right from this side you are stepping into the visions that that john had so this is just the whole introduction Now, God willing, tomorrow we are going to make time and go into the first vision of John, the seven churches. The seven churches. Hallelujah. Let me give a clear view. He said, from verse 9, I am John, your brother and partner in the oppression. Let me read from the King James. I am John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was, was in the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the last day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. 
So now, we would have to break things down and understand what is what the what does it mean for John to say I was in the spirit, and what also is the lost day. Because this one will also bring differences. <laughs> because many people say that the lost day is Sunday. SDA people too say the lost day is Saturday. Some people too believe that the lost day is not any just just any specific day, but it's a symbol of a certain <laughs> hey. I was in the spirit in special communication with the Holy Spirit and empowered to receive and record the revelation from Jesus Christ on the lost day so now what what is the lost day God willing tomorrow we are going to touch on that and when John was in the lost day in the spirit he said he heard a voice behind him like a trumpet and the voice was saying I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And who thou seest, the what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Seven churches. Now the question is, as at that time, were there only seven churches? And were there only Asia minor pairs? That God had moved. Because Jesus died in AD 3. And if the book was even written in AD 64. About 61 years. Was there only seven churches. In the world. And was it only in Asia. That the churches were. Hallelujah. So if there were plenty churches, then what is the seven churches? And he even said, write it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia. So he gave the location where the churches were. That means that these churches were physical churches that were there. Are you following? The question is, why only those churches? And he even gave them a definite article, the seven churches. To write this unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, Unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea. These are the seven churches. Hola Mahati Veleketias. He gave a specific location of where those churches were. Why only those churches? Why? If it is only for those churches, the question is, why are we reading? Are we in Asia? Are we part of those churches? 
if it was only for those churches why are we reading listen to me what is the title of the book the whole book What is the title of the whole book we are reading? The Revelation of Jesus Christ. So everything we are actually studying is about Jesus. When we say the church, the church actually is the body of Christ. Are you following? The church is the body of Christ. But this one he did not even say church. He said churches. So the Bible said, let him that has ears. Listen to what the Spirit saith unto the churches, not the church. Oh, beautiful. Kola <laughs> makatiasa. A man of God say, Aikominas. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, the seven churches, and he made mention of their names, Ephesus, Pegamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Smyrna, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. God willing, tomorrow to understand what are these seven churches standing in there for and what at all are they doing the Lord is going to help us if the whole thing is about Jesus Christ and he's definitely speaking of the church then definitely the church is his body hallelujah so we need to understand what Jesus is actually telling us and the Lord will help us by his grace in Jesus name. Amen. Good. The next 5 minutes. Wow. Today is the ninth marriage anniversary of the man of God, Professor Frempon, and um, his wife, Angel Shelley. Nine years. My God, my God. Nine years. We give God praise for this family. We pray that God will grant them glory. Peace and harmony will dwell in their abode forever. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Your marriage will be an example, even to others, in Jesus' precious mighty name. May God honor this marriage with great wealth, with his anointing, and may that marriage fulfill the purpose of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, God bless you, and keep all of you strong, in Jesus' name. For the next five minutes, if you have any question, um, you can ask, if you have any question, within the next five minutes have any question you can freely ask
God bless you, Angel Shelley. God bless you, Mami. Okay, judgment. All right, I'll, I'll mention it once I'm about ending. Okay, I made you. I said Eagles Mountain University open. Oh yeah, very soon, very very soon. <laughs> Justin said, "Which one do you believe, Papa?" Mm. <laughs> that one, I will not tell you. But um, as we journey, we all will know. Hallelujah. God bless you, Professor Frimpong. God bless you. Boateng Emmanuel. God bless you. Any question? Ibeniba, may the hand of the Lord touch you. May the Lord bring divine refreshment into your soul. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> that that is much of a preterist. Really? Yeah, they can't get me on. They can't get me. Preterist. Me. They will not get me like that. Hallelujah. All right, God bless you, people of God. I think book now simple. We give God praise. Introduction, keke. People are killing themselves. Introduction. When we get into this, the visions, uh, we will now hear. We have not yet entered into the symbolisms. The Lord will help us and grant us grace. Please don't forget what I've taught you. I beg you, don't forget. Amen. Don't forget. You are all students of Christ. And you know, you have chosen to learn. Let me tell you, once you do that, there is something we call an approval in the hands of God. An approval. When you are diligent with the word of God, Bible says that a workman who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. A workman who need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So if you don't rightly divide the word of truth, shame is there for you. But as you are here, you want to rightly divide the word of truth, definitely you receive a reward. The word, the word says, steady to show thyself approved unto God. There is an approval that comes from God on your life when a man sits down to rightly divide God's word. Hallelujah. I pray that you walk in that approval in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want us to pray on a certain topic today. I want us to pray on um, a certain topic today. Hallelujah. So, 
make sure you join us this night at exactly 12 a.m as we pray i believe the lord has something to do for us so let's all meet in prayer at exactly 12 a.m and um, god will surely work things out for us in jesus precious mighty name amen the lord bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the lord jesus amen god bless you all all right if you want to support the work of god the number is zero two four zero three one two five five one zero two four zero three one two five five one zero two four zero three one two five five one god bless you and keep all of you if you want to be a covenant partner Can you all hear me, please? All right. So, God bless. If you want to be a covenant partner, to the number is zero two four zero three one two five five one zero two four zero three one two five five one. You can send me a text, and we take things from there. God bless you, and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. So I'm going to upload the message right after here. So you can revisit it and um, go through. Hallelujah. God bless you and keep all of you. You can send the link of the message to some of your friends, your loved ones, your pastors. Let them also go through and begin to um, study. The Lord will help all of us. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. God bless you all and keep you strong. We shall meet. Shalom. Bye-bye.
God bless you and keep all of you strong. We shall meet God willing.